I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello. That was all. Do it again because it it did actually uh, make a weird noise as well. Hello and welcome to episode... (laughs) Sorry. This is why we can't do a live video. Although people would probably enjoy it. Hello and welcome to episode 127 of the Leeds That Podcast. We're here today to talk about the Everton home fixture. The first time for a full house in the Premier League for Leeds United in 17 years. I'm joined today by James. Hello. And Rocco. Hello. You didn't give him the published author and all that best-selling. Best-selling published author, please. For 20 minutes. <laughs> so Paul you sound um, not Paul, you sound Paul, you sound yeah. very hoarse. There's a reason for this. Click and collect. Is that Matthias click and collect? No, it's they've somehow taken a system that was rubbish with massive queues and turned it into a system that's rubbish with two massive queues. So you've got to do a massive <laughs> queue to get to a the screen to order your Yorkie and Diet Coke and then go into another massive queue to collect it. When, unfortunately, this is going to be really mean, but the, the issue that still remains is the people that are distributing the food and drink at the end because they, I assume they just doubt of the training because they are always that seem to have a clue what's going on. But that's overly harsh. Anyway, we didn't get the usual lubrication of the voice during the game. So, And you're always a little bit... A little bit pony on the first game back. Leads Small that, horse. <laughs> leads that a uh, a podcast about refreshments at football grounds. Well, it's all about the experience really today, isn't it? As much as anything else. And that was part of my experience. What So what I learned was must take refreshments with in order to not lose voice during game. Should we start with some uh, idle chat? Traffic was bad, wasn't it? That cost me. That cost me my pints and my, my, my also horse voice. Yeah, and the, the rain was bad, wasn't it? Should we talk about the weather? Everyone wants to hear about the weather, don't they? Let's get it all out of the way. Get it out of our system. <laughs> well, we got the um, 
match day special bus from town out to the ground. And <laughs> this is a good story, actually. So it took... It, normally it takes like 10 minutes, something like that on the way there. Sorry, refreshments and public transport podcast. I stand corrected. There is a football match that we will discuss at some point. <laughs> anyway, got on the uh, got on the motorway and it, it just got stuck. It got to the top of the slip road and didn't move for literally 15 minutes. And you could see that people were getting a bit angsty because, I mean, it was we were an hour more than, it was before two o'clock. But it was like, oh, this is going to develop into a bit of a problem. And anyway, it started on this slip road, right? Barely moved. And uh, so some guys went down and said, can you open the doors and let us off? And you could tell it was like a new driver. And he was like, I can't, I legally can't, I can't. Um, it was, it, we're on a motorway. This woman behind us. Um, and if you do listen, if you're one of the few people who does listen, hi, you're getting a shout out because this was brilliant. <laughs> she said, she said, um, I'm a lawyer. We are off the motorway now. We're on the slip road. You are not legally allowed to keep us on this bus. <laughs> so so he taught she taught said this to some lads. He went down. There was like a crowd now at the front of the bus. And he he went, Yeah, there's a lawyer back there saying this is illegal. <laughs> <laughs> right. Anyway, he opened doors and let everyone off. Right? <laughs> <laughs> we were walking down, I said to this woman, I said, Thank you, lawyer. She went, I'm not a lawyer, I work in marketing. <laughs> Without wanting to uh, take up the whole podcast about public transport, but I've had the same thing happen. It was the it was the Viduka four three Liverpool game, and uh, we ended up breaking off the bus because the driver wouldn't let us off, and they just they just smashed the doors open. <laughs> it, was, it, it was quite it was quite uh, it was really upset. He thought he was going to lose his job because of it, as we were all piling off. Was, uh, yeah, anyway. And you never saw him driving a bus ever again. Oh, no, oh, no, no, he was he was toast. Once yeah. at the ground, any other remarkable things about the ground or the match day experience itself before we talk about the actual game uh, well i was surprised to still see the the same check your tackle stickers in the urinals in the revison <laughs> to be honest i thought they would have changed them by now i mean they've been 15 months just rotting in there they've been there for about 15 years i think yeah yeah i mean they they used they used to sort of you know the the tackle used to appear when you peed on it yeah, doesn't it anymore right. it doesn't it just shows now they need to change them i suppose no one wants the job of peeling them off and putting a new one on go on Paul. if anyone did have a decent experience with the uh, new pre-order system i just like anecdotally at the time i heard stories of people queuing to collect their pre-ordered pints and not getting them and stuff like that so not obviously first try them out for this teething for for everybody but We'll see well, how that pans out. It, it's so obvious what's going on, though, isn't it? It's like, right, what system can we devise to get the money as quickly as possible? The, the latter part of it doesn't really matter. <laughs> it's kind of like, well, we've got the cash. If they don't get the pint, whereas before we were, kind of, people would see the queue and be like, nah, I'm not ordering. Let's go. We went up to the, we actually, because we got in at two o'clock, we went up to the season ticket. Well, I don't even know if you need season tickets to get in, but the bar in the cop, because I thought it'd be easier than using the system. And people were queuing really nicely in single file. I've never seen anything like that in there. But when you go to the front, the lady who was serving, because it's all contactless and stuff now, she uh, she was just screaming. She was going, next! <laughs> That's actually how I lost my voice, like doing that a few times after. Because she was like, I think she must have decided to be efficient at a job. She could cut the word please out and it's going to save a saying an extra word for you know a hundred times and uh 
be part of her training, but she would like literally scream. It's like, I'm stood next to you. It is okay. I can hear in here. Don't worry about <laughs> it. But then, yeah, then I, so I did that a couple of times. I was like, oh, lost my voice. Haven't got into the, into the ground yet, but. She also only charged for two points instead of three, so it wasn't that efficient. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what about the, flare- the fluorescent flags? Do we do we discuss them? Definitely. Not about football, so we can, can't we? We're near we're nearing to a football discussion. I like it. Well, we're actually in our seats now. We've <laughs> got to true. our seats, and there's a fluorescent flag. Now I'm in my father's man cave, and he's got his uh, crowdy. So he's got a picture of himself on the wall. When he saw the flag, he's like. I'm having a few of them. A few. <laughs> well, <laughs> he's robbed a few just, kids to well, get out of his shed. Bundle near us, and he was gutted that he didn't get the bundle. But I thought he'd only taken his own. But when we when we got back, he was like, "Oh yeah, I've got two. I was like, well, "How did you get two? He's like, "Someone left two in my seat." I'm like, I'm "Fairly sure you've robbed somebody's before we ran away from the ground." In answer to your question, it'll certainly bright, I'll don't have to put the light on because it's nice and <laughs> nice and bright. In answer to your question, Rocco, not for me, but something nice to give the, the daughter when I got home. Yeah, did you pretend you paid enough. for it? Because I did. Yeah, it's Look always worth it. Daddy bought you. Well, it goes one or two ways, doesn't it? It's like you spent money on that illuminous rubbish flag or, oh, that's a nice thing. So <laughs> it's easy to just go with, I've got you this free flag, enjoy it. This is Leeds. Yeah, this your, is Leeds. Your, your five-year-old daughter judges you for wasting money on... Well, I'm talking about the wife. I know who you're talking about. (laughs) Tell the wife it was free. Trick your child into thinking you bought or something. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. So, yeah, then there was a football match. It was good. I enjoyed it. It was quite controversial, which I always like. Gets the old blood pumping, doesn't it? I predicted two all, but we didn't do a pre-match podcast so therefore you didn't the, uh, so, well i did it's 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 on a video on the call of everton podcast that was on twitter didn't watch it <laughs> neither did i <laughs> little quirk of this game though that i realized by watching back my video from last time i did it was that this when we played them last time at home that was the first game of a new pitch and then we've laid another new pitch to play everton i don't know yeah they probably feel like a special that every time they come we just put out a new carpet for them <laughs> Pitch was good though, wasn't it? Yeah, but they've moved it. They've moved it to uh, to the right. There was a lot more space down the east stand, and it means my seat is now like yeah, right in the corner, whereas before it was not quite in the corner. Uh, so I wasn't that happy about that, to be honest. Was that a bit weird? Did you think you were like sat in the wrong seat? <laughs> yeah, I was like, well, hang on, I'm sure it wasn't this far over. And uh, yeah, we all we all agreed that there was something not right about it, and then yeah, then we realised there was a huge gap. To the east stand. We're doing well. We we tried to talk about football, but we've not quite managed, have we? <laughs> you enjoyed it and it was controversial. Yeah. And then they moved the pitch. <laughs> Balance of play, first half before the penalty. We seem to be obviously we dominated possession throughout without having too many clear cut chances. I felt quite aggrieved to go behind. What about you guys? Uh yeah, definitely for me. I mean, it was one of those, wasn't it, where you f- it felt like 
we were always going to have possession against the Benitez side and we were going to dominate them in that sense. And that if anything was going to come from them, it would probably be a mistake or something like a penalty, which was two of those things, a mistake by Cooper and a penalty. So before that, though, it was just amazing atmosphere. It was really good. Like it was, yeah, hairs standing on end type stuff on it. It was just so good to be back in there. We actually moved seats this season. So uh, yeah, we're sat in a, in a new spot and it's, uh, yeah, it's good. Uh, some absolute lunatics around us, but that kind of makes for it, doesn't it, really? Again, we're getting off the game again, but it was <laughs> nice to see see the people who I haven't seen for so long. I saw quite a few of them at the West Brom game. It's it just weird that everybody around me seemed to have the tickets, but everyone was coming up and going, I made it. I lived through the plague. Glad to see you're not dead. And uh, <laughs> Matthew went, what if like someone's here with someone who is did die? And uh, they and it's a bit insensitive because like Andy was at a wedding today, so he didn't come. So there was a different person there, and and then there's just folks bounding down the, the rail going, "All right, all right, glad to see you alive. We've all made it." I was, I was uh, me and my nephew uh, got there a bit before my dad because he's he's quite a slow walker nowadays, and I was uh, I was like willing him to get there. Awkward questions like people might think, "Oh shit, what the hell's happened to his dad? Like, why is he here with this young lad now?" Um, but yeah, it didn't happen. He got there; it was all good. Did they all clap him when he arrived? <laughs> yeah, got a wonderful reception. It was really heartwarming. <laughs> They're all waving their flags and stuff. It was brilliant. So for for you, James, you said it was a Cooper mistake. So I think you've seen it back. Definite penalty mm. for you? I think so. Yeah, I think Calvert Lewin. And he was definitely, he was definitely pulling it. And but you know, you can't as a defender, you can't do it because they're always going to go down easy. There, there's only one thing they're trying to get. So, uh, and he he did have his arms over him. So yeah, a bit daft really. But there you go. It's um, my concern. I've not seen it back, but obviously it sounds like fairly contentious. Like the whole point of you know raising the bar for VAR, um, you know, inter interferences. Like, what do you think about that? Like, if it was a bit of six and two threes, like, was it really clear enough to, and I know we're getting into ridiculously muddy waters with the whole thing, but like, I just thought it looked like something fairly innocuous. Mm. Should it not have just been let go? I mean, look at Roberts last week. I know it was 5-1 at the time, but I mean, that was a penalty, obviously. But this is going to happen all season. This is why the whole thing's just a joke. So just get rid of it. They're not going to use it. I don't want to use it. The problem with the VAR situation there is that it's it's still subjective. Which ones do you look at and which you don't? And and there isn't... So there still is a lack of consistency, which is what you're saying. People around me were saying, the referees allowed it to go on. There's been a stop in play for something else. A little bit later, they put up VAR decision. They've waited a bit longer. Then he's been told to go to the screen. Then he's gone to the screen and still taken a minute to decide. How the hell is that a clear and obvious error if it's take when you're adding six minutes on at the end of the half, yeah. which of two to three minutes is deciding if it was a penalty? That isn't a clear and obvious error. So it's all right turning around and saying, yeah, it's a penalty. Well, within the rules of the VAR system, I don't think it should have been. And then they showed the replay in the ground, which apparently you're not allowed to do, but they showed the VAR replay on the big screen. And you could, from the still frame that it showed, it it did appear as if they both had each other. Like, obviously you don't have the full context of who grabbed who first, but I've seen a, the, the still on the BBC website on the match report is of Rafinha's goal. And yep, we scored, but in the left-hand corner of it. So it's from behind the goal. And Yari Mina's got a hold of Tyler Roberts around the waist. So it's it, 
it's not just the VAR thing. It's when you do the the pulling and the shirt pulling, the grabbing in the box that goes on all game. Why are you giving one? If you give one, you've got to give loads. I think as well with VAR, the big problem for me is that when it's called for the referee to review it, he's already going to change his mind. Yeah. And he walked over as well. Like he just walked. Like the whole thing was taking so long anyway. And he's just walking over about a hundred yards to the screen. Yeah. Like you say, six minutes. I mean, if they're going to use VAR, like the big thing should be speed. Like it should be like a, you know, a mm. big operation that has a load of people looking at it and they decide instantly or within five yeah. seconds. Yeah, exactly. They they should make the decision and feed it to the referee because it's, yeah. it's it's pointless going down to the pitch and then going through all that. It adds mm. it adds nothing but drama for TV and it, it shit being inside the a ground basically on the other end of that. Uh, it ruined my uh, the the Rafini goal for me as well. I know I'm probably jumping ahead, but I thought Phillips was offside earlier in the move. I didn't even celebrate until the kickoff. Mm. It's just a joke. Mm-hmm. Well, it, it, it was the same with the uh, the click goal. I've looked across at, at the linesman and he stood with his with his hand on his ear and I'm like, I don't think anyone's offside. Matthew, was someone offside? Was someone Did someone interfere? Did something happen earlier in the move? Was there a foul? So there's people going bananas around you and I'm stood there going, yeah, I'm not doing anything until the back on, until it started again because <laughs> mm-hmm. it's... With the Rafinha one, I think it was Yari Mina again, because he had his hands up in the air claiming for everything, but he, they were claiming for handball off off strike when it when it came into the box. Yeah, it, it just take a little something away from it. The click goal was quite funny, really, because it was very Leedsy in that, you know, it spent the whole half really passing it around quite well and being in good possession to Luke Ayling getting the ball, smashing it up to Rafinha, who did some sort of sideways scissor kick to Bamford, who then played it through to click. It was like, I don't know, it was, it was one of those where it came from a place where you didn't think it was going to come from. Um, but yeah, it was great. Like, click took it really well. I'm a big fan of his, like, his, you know, his, like, little uh, hip pivot fist pump where he's like, it's a subtle signature celebration. There's some great images from the game today. There's the one of Calvert-Lewin in that ridiculous celebration and then the old lady behind him sticking <laughs> the middle finger up. <laughs> and, and then the one from just before the penalty when he's running up and there's a guy with his shirt out rubbing his belly or something. <laughs> the, uh, the celebration was bad enough and then, God, when he started doing that dance, I just wanted to throw him. What the hell? Oh, he should be well, bored doing that. Well, that was that was the other thing that annoyed me, Rocco, was that because he was he was dancing right in front of where we were, so I was livid anyway. The referee had just walked back to the the halfway line and was like just sort of waiting for them. I was thinking, you need to be over there getting them to crack on. Like what he's doing yeah. is actually not even allowed. Yeah, same for the so second goal as well. They're number twelve, and I don't know who it was, but he kicked the ball out every time. Every time the ball, like it broke down, play broke down, kicked it away, kicked it away. And it's something that always, it's, it's, it's frustrated Matthew and I for many, many years. And it goes back to Richard Creswell getting sent off in the playoff semi final, second leg at Preston, being uh, suspended for the final. And I thought it's crazy now that his son's on the bench. That just makes you feel really old. But every game, we don't do it, but obviously their game was to slow it right down. But he only finally got booked when he proper hoofed it down the line. It's like he's been kicking the ball away, throwing it away, dropping balls, leaving it. Like Everton were really irritating. Yeah, it, it was. It's Luca Dean, isn't it? And uh, he was the one as well that was taking the corner, and then he stopped the game because someone had thrown something that was in his vicinity. So then again, the referee doesn't run it over to the fourth official. They walk all the way over. The, oh God, it's just. 
mind numbing sometimes, isn't it? Mm. I'll tell you who else so was annoy- annoying and good at slowing their game down. Raquelson. Bloody hell. Oh, <laughs> Honestly, if he actually played football, he'd be lethal. As it turns yeah. out, he just rolls around most of the time. Pickford as well. Pickford was taking yeah. forever ever goal kicks. Mm. We didn't really give him any too much too much stick, did we? I wanted to get the let your country down chant going for him because if he'd <laughs> saved all the penalties, we'd have won. So yeah. but you <laughs> know true. people around me didn't agree. Uh I thought I'd have a little look on the Everton forum because obviously normally I do that in the first part of the podcast. So I thought I'll go and have a look at the reaction instead. This guy also, I'm not doing the Scouse accent with the horse. It's it's not going to happen. I thought the ref did well in the first half, but the second half was ridiculous. I'm pretty sure there was a handball in the build-up to Rafinha's goal for one. But the fact that in a physical game like that one, we had 13 fouls to lead six is pretty shocking. A lot of poor calls against us in the second half. Is he right? Or like that was part of their game. I would like to see the little bust up that Bamford had because obviously it was at the far end of the, the ground to us, wasn't it, Paul? But yeah, because he got booked. Who was it against? I can't remember. Was it Mina? I, I, that, yeah, some of my mates yeah. have been saying that Mina was getting up to all sorts of antics. And I, I think it was probably around about that incident, but that is yeah. a bit of a guess. I think he was he was pecking in Bamford's ear the whole game when he trying to get him wound up. They ended up with Coleman, Mina, Dina and Decore booked as i say i thought daniel was lucky to not have had one for time wasting before he got his one for time wasting some of their fouling that was cynical as well they they absolutely chopped them down when we were when we were heading through so yeah it must have been meaner for the uh ding dong in the corner when when i looked up i and we're a long way away i was fairly sure that bamford had me by the throat so uh oh god <laughs> Here we go. To be fair to the ref, like he did, he did let quite a few things go when we were, you know, battling for the ball and being a bit physical. And I know they've been told to be to do that nowadays. Um, so maybe that's why they're going. You know, what's that? that's what they're complaining about. But I mean, it seemed the same for both teams. To be fair, we're never going to agree with Everton fans on on the referee being unfair against against them, are we? No, it's crazy. When you've had a penalty like that, and I think there were potential calls for us at the end as well, but. Overall, did you enjoy? You think we had? A, did we create enough? Were there were there chances where we could have won the game? We felt a, like there was a good surge of, of of momentum, and we we weren't settling. We weren't going to settle for for the point, which does expose you to the risk of uh, of of them nicking it as well. Was the draw a fair result? How did you feel about the second half? We did the usual passing very well, but we struggled to open them up a lot in and around their box. And I think we just struggled to get through. That's why I think the first goal came from something that was a bit more open, you know, pumped up to Rafinha midfield and and sort of a quick through ball. Yeah, I don't think we created too much in the way of clear chances. There was a few that were just hoofs from outside the box, weren't they? And But I think the result was, was fair. Like when you look back at the highlights as well, they had a few shots that uh, Calvert-Lewin in particular where Melier it made some really good saves and and kept us in it. So I think it was, at the end of the day, probably a fair result, to be honest. I'm disappointed we drew. I think it's probably a fair result. I think Bielsa called it pretty right. He, he said that, you know, we, we had all the possession, but we, you know, we conceded too many chances for the amount of possession we had and, and didn't create enough ourselves. I think that's pretty much sums up the game, doesn't it? Getting back to not the game, uh, Pag on Wacko has just said, hate seeing so many of our fans wearing Chelsea shirts for a home game. Shake your bleeping heads. They don't call us the blues, you part-time bleeps. Bleep off. Well, I wore my Chelsea shirt today and uh, <laughs> I walked in and then looked at Everton and went, oh yeah, I'm wearing an Everton shirt. 
Uh, oh dear, they're pretty sweaty as well. Anyways, <laughs> I won't be wearing that again for a home game. Sorry, Pag, you're right. But there was quite a vast array of shirts came out, a lot of Strongbow shirts, all sorts of stuff you've seen. It was nice. Yeah, I saw an evening post job. It's always good to see. Pretty common nowadays, actually. They sell them, don't they, in the club shop? Oh, the retro ones. Yeah. I'd still wear one of my originals, but I think they're like all large boys, so I'd look like a I'd look like a duvet being shoved into a pillowcase, I think. <laughs> uh, who's your man of the match, then? Who are the candidates? I know Paul's man of the match, and I agree. Calvert-Lewin. Is that who Paul's going for? <laughs> Dallas. Has to be Dallas for me. I thought it was incredible. Like he was just everywhere. When he went to left back, he was he was uh, top notch. When he's in midfield, he was running everything. I uh, I was really really impressed. Rocco's fallen into the trap of of naming the person that we call the man of the match award. It's the Stuart Dallas man of the match award. We have to. He has to give it to someone else. <laughs> <laughs> no, I co- someone else. <laughs> yeah, I completely agree. I think. Uh, do you know what? Like I thought, Harrison had a, a good game. And I think him and Furpo have still got mm. a bit to go in terms of like learning to play with one another. And I think Furpo looked at times a bit, well, it, it looked like he got hooked off because <laughs> he sort of let them through at one point, didn't he? And, uh, and which looked very dangerous. But I think he's a, he's obviously a cracking player and I think he'll come good. But yeah, Stuart Dallas, it's, I don't, <laughs> there's no one I can really think of in years and decades, really, that, is just you know, it's just so solid and you can and so reliable. It's crazy. No matter where he is on the pitch, it's like Furpo's not working. Oh, we'll take him off. Stuart, you're right, going left back. Yep, no worries. <laughs> and and then Jamie Shack onto the right. It's just ridiculous. Like I don't know. I don't. I can't think of anyone as versatile as him. I said this during the game. I can't remember the last game he started and finished in the same position like and <laughs> even if it's not a straight run what percentage of his games under Bielsa has he changed it's because you know a he could play a variety of positions b he's fit enough to last the, the full game and beyond so you know that your choice is right who's coming off I can put Dallas there it give it makes it you don't have to have a like for like so in bringing Shackleton on today I was like mm. He's taking someone off, bringing Shackleton on. Oh, yeah, he's just switching Dallas. It's like, Furpo's knackered, Shackleton's coming on. He ain't a left-back. Doesn't matter. You could do it for literally any position except for centre-forward and goalkeeper. I was just going to say, I would like to see Stuart Dallas up front one day. I reckon he'd do a good job. I was doing a thing of trying to work out who would be man of the match, but not Stuart Dallas, and I can't. (laughs) But I've had a little look on the uh, on the BBC uh, fan ratings that the, the fans gave it to Rafinha um, with with Calvin Phillips shortly behind who I think had a really dominant performance today. He thought he obviously not a hundred percent of his normal fitness potentially, but still bossed it when he needed to. And Dallas was just behind it. Who do you think was uh, was lowest on that list? Who was the least rated Leeds player? I imagine, I, knowing our fans, probably Cooper. Yeah, I would have to say that as well. It was Cooper, quite a way. And then Tyler Roberts. So I feel sorry for Liam Cooper, because at the end of the day, he assisted Rafinha's goal. I'd like to stick up for Cooper as well. I know, obviously, he sounds like he's made a mistake, but um, I think he's class. I think he gets a real a real hard, uh, a hard time by too many fans, to be honest. I think so as well. I think uh, more often than not, he uh, he leads honourably 
and he's he is a good he is a good leader and i think in the games that were you know without fans you could really hear him barking at everyone and organizing the team and uh, and i think people need to realize that the captain of Leeds united is selected by the players and the players have always selected liam cooper and there's a reason for that i can't imagine if uh, if it was cooper that was strike against greenwood everyone would have been basically telling him to retire or a lot of people, you know, there'd have been a big hoo-ha about him getting skinned. Mm. Um, and obviously with it being strike, no one said anything, um, not to bash strike, you know, Greenwood was just faster, but yeah, he gets a tough time, bless him. But yeah, lovely assist. I bashed strike for that. He should have brought him down early. So it wasn't going to be a red card, but he should, he definitely should have brought him down. But that's a long time ago. The, the most positive thing that someone said to me today was that we're one point up on last season on like-for-like like, uh, fixtures. Yeah. So don't look at it as two games in with one point. Look at it as one point up on last season. Until we play Burnley. Just need to make up two more and we'll be in Europe. We can do that. So we're, I'm, I'm going for Dallas, if, if there was any doubt in that man of the match thing. Have we got anything else to comment on outside of the game before we do a, a, a final word? James, anything else from today that you picked up on or want to comment on? Well, only other, the only other thing really is that I am really pleased we got a point because I think had we not, we would be going to Burnley and then Liverpool at home without any points or you know potentially no points. Going to Liverpool would be horrendous. And if you look back to last season and Sheffield United, uh, they actually weren't that bad in terms of performances. They just lost quite a few games. And then I think it just crept into their mindset that, you know, this downward spiral from there. And I think I think getting a point on the board as they, you know, it's cheesy. It's just important to get points on the board. But I think it is a massive help in terms of mindset, not just for players, like fans, you know, fans just sort of implode, don't they? And, and everyone is a bit sensitive around the fact that we're not probably not going to sign anyone else um so i think it would have just added to all that so yeah i think all in all it was a, it was a good day and a good result yeah i guess i would say um the atmosphere at 2-2 i thought it was like absolutely electric i was i was absolutely loving it so yeah just being there being able to to be part of the event and uh live it and breathe it and yeah, just just to actually be able to you know vent your frustration and sing your heart out for them, it was uh, yeah really nice. Long overdue. So, what's your final word, guys? My final word is plug because uh, I think Rocco needs to plug his book. <laughs> <laughs> my final word is uh, book. Got <laughs> my fantastic book. Eleven people on Amazon have rated it five stars out of five. I 11 I, out of 11 reviews. I think I was one of them. It's called Marcelo Bielsa versus the Damned United. And it's a, an account of uh, the two seasons leading up to our glorious promotion. And I've been told that it's uh, five stars out of five. It is a very good read. And I'm not you just saying it. can't argue with that. No, you can't argue with it. And it is a very good read. I highly recommend it. So go and buy it. So Ro- Rocco can buy a West Wing. <laughs> yeah, cheers, everyone. Andy lent it to a neighbour who rated it very highly, didn't he? Can't argue yeah. with that either. And his neighbour loved it. That sums Andy up, though, doesn't it? It's like, I'm not reading that. I'll give it to someone else. <laughs> cheers, Rocco. Yeah, he didn't say he'd read it himself. My word is together because it was just lovely to be all together again. And I'm glad that we actually got it together in the second half and got that equaliser because it, we would not be together whatsoever if we'd have if we had no points on the board. People would be. I, I really don't want to get that 
Second season, Sheffield United. <sighs> so eight day, that's a lie. It's crew on Tuesday. And I picked it up saying that I'd be going. I'm not going to crew. And I'm disappointed. I'm not going to I'm crew and I'm disappointed. I, I'm the only crew member. You're the only crew member. I uh, I bought tickets and then um, realised that uh, my wife, my dearly beloved, uh, had already had something arranged for weeks and weeks. So I've had to sell them on to a, a friend. Not yeah. honestly either. Can you stream it? I doubt it. Can you? You probably can somewhere. Yeah. My dearly beloved had something arranged as well. It's called yoga. And that's a really <laughs> flimsy one for me. But don't want to rock the boat. Speaking of rocking the boat, I'm going to miss Burnley because I'm going to be on a boat. So I'll see how good the Wi-Fi is before we decide whether to do the pod, whether I can join that. You could cut this bit. <laughs> I'll leave it in, whichever. Right, well, that was enjoyable. I've enjoyed having a chat about most things are surrounding the football and a bit about chat about the football itself. See you again next time. Network.